podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Night fans, so sorry you missed the live show, but this replay is brought to you by Gordon and Partners. Gordon and Partners are dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who've been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice directly from somebody you trust, which in our case is Michael Hoffman, a UCF alum. Contact Michael directly at 407-913-5350 or visit the website fortheinjured.com. Don't just trust anybody. Trust a fellow knight. Trust Gordon and Partners for the injured. Hello, Night Nation. Trace Trucco here. This is the Sons of UCF Live. I'm here. So is Adam. Hello, Adam. Hey, Trace. Welcome back. Oh, wait. You didn't go anywhere. Never mind. Welcome back to you everybody. You did. You did. You survived. Right. I did survive. A trip, an excursion, good time with the family. Yeah, it was good to get away. It's obviously been a, a long year, first vacation in a while. So good to get away. I missed all of you crazy people. So can't wait to get into the show tonight. Anything going on? Uh, news tends to happen on Thursdays. As a yeah, I think Dolly in. has it on the head. The Apple Vision Pro with the Sons of UCF Live in the future. I mean, that's the way to do it. I'm with you there. I think it's our buddy uh, Sam Unger at Unger to Unger who said it best today of Joe Girardi, the former major leaguer. Once a night, always a night. But I think it's UCF Mike with the best line, right? Never a night. Was never was a night. Almost a night. <laughs> almost a night. I forget that line. Never, Mike does. Never. Mike has a lot of a lot of bangers. Never a night. Uh, the uh, news this afternoon broke that uh, former major leaguer, uh, coach, player Joe Girardi was in fact going to become the next manager of UCS baseball team. And then very quickly after that, <laughs> the news uh, broke that he was not going to agree to That's a little clip on that, a little reaction. You want to hear? Uh, we got some exclusive reaction yeah. from uh, some, some fans on this. Kind of in his first offering, just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Just <laughs> a and little missed. bit. <laughs> <laughs> they missed it by that much. Uh, so that was the big story. Uh, you know, Brandon Helwig, UCFsports.com, has been talking about this all week, that he, you know, was a done deal, and well, it unraveled this Thursday afternoon. Your reaction? Yeah, obviously kind of interesting. Mike and I talked about it in the pod this week. I wasn't sure what to make of Joe Girardi as UCF's baseball head coach. I mean, I agree at some point you need a bit of a splash. He certainly would have been that. I was concerned what his motives were. Why was he coming to college? Obviously, he's had opportunities in Major League Baseball. But a name recognition in a new conference after a couple of down seasons never hurts anybody. This one's interesting, though, Trace, because the leaks, if you will, the the breaking of the news, first that that contract was offered, and then 30 minutes later, maybe an hour later, that, that Girardi turned it down, came from a Major League Baseball reporter, right? So this came from a source close to Major League Baseball, somebody who covers baseball for MLB Network, which tells you the leak had to come from Girardi's camp, right? So why would Girardi leak I got an offer and then leak I turned it down? That's the thing that's interesting. I know people are going to bag on Timo and say, didn't close the deal. What are you doing here? Going after this, you know, this person. But I think by all accounts, it sounded like he felt comfortable he had a deal. And then all of a sudden it fell apart. And I think that leaking comes from Girardi's camp. Now, you can do the conspiracy theory. Shortly after that tweet, Trace, uh, it was uh, uh, it was confirmed that University of Miami let go of their head baseball coach. You can do some conspiracy theory there, too. But, um, I, look, I thought it would be an interesting hire. I don't know that we would have won a lot of games, but I think it would have been an interesting hire and, and put some juice into the baseball program. Um, and it's weird that it went down this way. I'd love to see the 30 for 30 one day and how Joe Girardi almost became a UCF Knight. 30 minutes, <laughs> 30 by 30. 30 seconds at that point. The irony there, wouldn't it be, if Joe Girardi went to the University of Miami, where former UCF baseball head coach Greg Lovelady hailed from and you know, always thought maybe a place that he would return to, that'd be a little ironic, wouldn't it? Well, it's, so UCF Mike said this on the podcast, and then I saw um, our friend Michael Emptiness 4 said this as well. This was either going to be like a home run, no one saw this coming higher, or the worst hire ever, right? There was probably no in between there. And I think where we are with the baseball program, taking a gamble, I think would have been fun. It would have been interesting. Would have been exciting. Trace, you'd have been at a lot of those games, interacting with Joe Girardi, watching him kind of interact with kids um, and, and, you know, how he manages and leads the team. But 
it's for not, I guess, and I'd love to understand why. But really, the question now becomes, you know, how quickly can we pivot to candidate B or candidate C or candidate D, if that's the case? Obviously, we're hemorrhaging talent off the roster in the transfer portal. You know, I'm sure kids are getting antsy around who the coach is going to be. Some kids probably are going to stop waiting around and get back in the portal as well. So I think we got to move quickly and on to the second, third, fourth choices. Uh, but ultimately, I think we need a coach in the next 72 hours if we want to continue to hold on to who we have and start building for the future. Well, College World Series is underway, so perhaps a candidate is still coaching. You know, I grew up watching the Cubs on WGN and followed Joe Girardi's career. I liked him when he was a Cub. He's been part of the broadcast team, which I found interesting that he's in the booth covering games while all of the smoke is swirling around on the message boards. And there's a Cubs podcast I listen to, and they're pretty fed up with the Cubs manager. Cubs have not had a good season so far. And they were speculating that the manager should be fired and they should bring in Joe Girardi from the booth. I just laughed thinking about how many times I've read that, in fact, he's going to be a UCF Knight soon. So I guess that's that was that's what was head scratching. But, yeah, that's what was head scratching. But all this is by by the accounts that we've read. Um, and what we've seen reported, Girardi essentially was the first one to sort of say, hey, I have interest here. I don't think it's that Timo was like, hmm, who's out there that I could get? It seems more like Girardi kind of put his name into the mix. And I was always skeptical of why would you do that? What what was the the cost for that? Did he just want to get back into coaching? Did he want to settle down with his with his family? His daughter obviously is a uh, I think it's a, a highly touted basketball recruit. His son plays baseball at FIU. Did he just want to settle down? That's what was interesting. And then when the rug got pulled today, those are the first senses I had. Is okay. What what leverage did he just use this for to get something else? And maybe we'll find that out in the next 48, 72 you know, you know, 30, you know, 300 hours, who knows, but it feels like there's some leverage involved here somewhere. Yeah. I'm not sure all that's going on behind the scenes. Uh, what you've spoken of has been reported, right. That he has expressed interest. <laughs> Vanilla. He, uh, I always felt to be honest with you that, that no, yeah, he's, he's a lot. Okay. Uh, sure. I always felt this was a big gimmicky to be honest. Oh, with you. Um, it, it never really interested me as much. Uh, I wanted to see, if in fact he came on board, who we would bring in to recruit. And, you know, he's not as familiar with the college game. And you talked about this on the podcast uh, with Mike uh, earlier. I'm sorry. Week. I've got to hold on. We've got to take a quick pause. I'm, yes. I'm sorry. I hate to do this to you, but um, uh, on special assignment, UCF Mike alive from the Stanley Cup finals. Mike, what's up? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, look at the ice. That looks nice. Give us a little view there. Yeah. yeah. The Florida Panther fan. Their yeah. Chase, you had to guess how many, how many beers Mike's had so far. What's your take? <laughs> Several. Yes. There's one right Several. there. There's one. I don't, know if he, I don't know if he can hear us. He's just yelling at us now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't we don't need to talk with him. He doesn't need to respond to this Joe Girardi story. <laughs> <He doesn't. laughs> Just a live look. Mike. Live look in here. Yeah. How long are you going to stay with Mike here? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let me see the next. Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he's in the house. What? What? Now it's getting dizzy. I'm getting, I'm getting, blo- I can't see anymore. All right. Thanks for coming out. Mike. We'll Thanks for that insight, Mike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the weatherman on the family guy. It's going to rain. That's, that's Mike's uh, live report uh, from South Florida. So, so anyway, where were we? Uh, I, I wanted to see uh, a, a coach come in that is a strong college coach with strong recruiting. And you guys were talking about, well, kids are going to flock here because of Joe Girardi. Really? Did, did we did we both say that? I don't know that I said that. Yeah. I, I I was of the mind of like the kids who are college age right now. When's the last time Joe Girardi was relevant? Right. You yeah. 2009, you won a World Series. Right. But if you are, you know, a certain age, like you were you were in diapers during that time. So <laughs> while the name is important, I don't know that it's as relevant as. Look, Mike's a lifelong Yankees fan, so to Mike, that's a revered name in Lanky in Yankees lore. For me, I don't I don't know that kids would have would have flocked to that name. I do think there would have been some cachet in saying, "Hey, my my head coach is a former Major League World Series winner." But I don't know. I, I that can only get you so far when you screw up a double switch and you can't start the right pitcher, and all of a sudden nobody really cares. So I, that's I think it would have got a little cachet, but I don't think kids were going to flock here because of Joe Girardi. 
Yeah, I think it got a burst, uh, you know, publicity today. But, uh, you know, I point to Eric Wedge. He was the uh, manager at Wichita State, former major league manager, fired now. You know, Eric didn't Wedge. work out. Wow. There. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, you, you got to have results, right? So we're going to talk to a former UCF Knight, uh, also had been a part of the Chicago White Sox organization, Tyler Osick, coming up half past the hour. But let's transition a little bit uh, into a little Big 12 talk, you know, just a couple of weeks away from UCF officially joining. And the preview guides are starting to come out now. And one of my favorites, let's bring on Joe Brobeck, writes for the uh, College Football Network, and he's out with his new uh, publication, uh, online publication. Joe, welcome back into Sons of UCF Live. Hey guys, thanks for having me. All right, let's talk a little process here. When I, I clicked open the PDF free to everybody, and I'm going to ask you to explain how folks can get it. 465 pages online. When did you start? What's your process in putting this whole thing together? Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't realize how big it was until a few days ago, uh, mostly because I had all the conferences kind of broken up. Uh, so when you look at it, 14 teams in one conference is not really that big a deal. But then when you put them all together, it adds up pretty quick. Uh, I usually um, I, I usually tell people that I kind of get bored with college football in November. Like I'm one of those people that the best time of college football is before the season. The preseason to me is the best part. And then once the season goes on, it kind of gets less and less exciting. But I still enjoy it. So I, it's it's one of those like I question, do I actually love the end of college football or am I just already looking forward to uh, to the next year? So about November and December is kind of when I get I kind of get started on like what I want my outline to look like. And then, you know, the, the transfer portal makes things so difficult where starting in November, you have guys leaving and transferring to different schools and whatnot. And then you have it going all the way into I just had two starters on some of the teams that I had. Uh, going to the transfer portal two days ago. So it's it's definitely a long process and it's not easy, but I enjoy every second of it. Well, we're going to talk about your, your preseason rankings in the Big 12. You've got UCF ahead of the other newcomers. Why is it that you think UCF can transition well from the AAC into the Big 12? I just like the talent that Gus Malzahn's bringing in. I think that via the transfer portal and recruiting, he's done a great job of bringing guys in that are con- not going to compete just in the AAC, he was looking forward to the Big 12. He knew that that level of competition was going to be much more difficult, and you have to bring guys that are going to be able to help you compete at that next level. Uh, so I think that you look at the returning starters, too. That was a big one for me. Even on, on defense, too, the, the front seven is going to be really fun to watch this year. And then you look at the other teams, BYU, their defense was pretty bad last year. They have a new quarterback coming in and Keaton Slovis, who could be very good, but we're not really sure. Houston is a team that underachieved big time last year. Uh, and so they, they don't have a ton of confidence going in. And then uh, Cincinnati losing Luke Fickle, I think is going to be bigger than a lot of people realize. Like that culture was incredible because of him. And now that he's gone, I, I think they just, they take a step back. And it's going to be a tough transition for any team to go through, but losing a guy like Fickle is just phenomenal to, to lose. And now you have to go through bringing in essentially a ton of new personnel too. So I think UCF is the team that did the best at keeping returning starters, bringing in talent and puts themselves in the best position of those four. Joe, reading your, your write-up, it sounds like you think the season really hinges on one player, right? You, you wrote about it in the, in the write-up, John Rice Plumley, right? And how he performs, particularly in the passing game. What do you expect to see from JRP? What do you, what do you want to see? What do you need to see? What do you think you're going to get out of JRP in 2023? I think it just comes down to the downfield passing game. You have to be able to, not just the, you know, the quick screens, the, the slants, the short stuff. You have to see JRP take that next step in terms of can you throw a reliable deep ball? Can you stretch the defense where, I mean, we all know he's electric with his legs and the best thing for him is going to be able to hit some of those guys, Javon Baker, Kobe Hudson downfield. That's going to be the best thing for this offense. Now, the biggest question is, have we seen his ceiling? Has he already hit that cap or does he have another level to reach? I like his explosiveness. And honestly, I feel like, Last year was the first time he actually got to settle in at quarterback. Now, obviously, Mikey Keene was behind him, but I think that was the first year that we truly saw him be QB1. And now that he has that full year of experience under his belt, I think that there is another level that he can reach. It's just a matter of how high. 
You also talk a lot about his backfield mates and who that's going to be. Obviously, Isaiah Bowser moving on to the NFL. Um, it seems like R.J. Harvey is a guy that you are uh, you like a lot and you think UCF is going to pin their hopes on a lot this year in the running back room. Yeah, it was fun to watch him at the end of the year. I think his story was really fun, tearing the ACL in 2021 and then coming back really strong uh, last year. And obviously, you know, you look at you had Isaiah Bowser. You still have Johnny Richardson in the backfield, who I also really like. But Harvey was kind of that it was nice to see him step up because he gives you that a little bit of a combination of Bowser and Richardson where he has a little bit of a burst, but also can handle life in the trenches. And that's something you're going to need because everybody knows who John Rice Plumley is and what he can do. And if you have a running back that can be just as explosive or just as dangerous, that helps things a lot for this offense. All right, UCF with the five road games in their first year in the Big 12 at Kansas State, at Kansas, at Oklahoma, at Cincinnati, at Texas Tech. Of those five, which one do you think is the most difficult for the Knights and which one do you think is the most likely that they come out with a victory? Oh, I think Oklahoma, even despite the fact that they struggled last year, I think Oklahoma is easily the toughest one of those. Now, playing in Manhattan, play Kansas State, that is a very tricky one as well. But I think the talent level along with the atmosphere of Oklahoma is th probably the, the best atmosphere that UCF's seen in quite some time in terms of a road trip. Uh, I think the tricky one is at Texas Tech towards the end of the year. I don't really know what Texas Tech is going to be. I really like what they have returning in terms of personnel, but you just don't really know if that defense is going to be disruptive. Are they going to be able to make plays, turn the ball over to their offense? So I think Oklahoma is probably the toughest one, and, and at Texas Tech is probably the one where UCF could come out with a win, and that's against, I think, going to be a very good team in Texas Tech. You got Texas one, Oklahoma two. You willing to bet the mortgage on that? <laughs> oh man, I, we make the Texas is back joke every single year. But <laughs> I just did a podcast, another Big Twelve podcast, and I think we make that joke every year. But I think the thing with Tom Herman was he just—he's a good Group of Five coach, a great group Group of Five coach, and he can build that culture where guys who have their backs against the wall, the underdogs. Uh, kind of like what we saw with Scott Frost sort of thing. You were able to build that culture where everybody buys into a certain thing, but building a team like Texas requires you to handle different personalities. These aren't kids that nobody really wanted or only some teams wanted. Texas is a team, Oklahoma, they're teams that these kids expect to be in the NFL. They're four and five star kids. Everybody's been telling them how good they are. Every school wants them. So it takes a different kind of coach to get them to that next level. And I think Sark has them in that position. Same thing with Venables. I think that they have the ability to elevate people's games because they understand X's and O's at a high level. So I don't know if I'm going to bet the mortgage just because I'm not in charge of that decision. But uh, I think that you're <laughs> you're looking at two teams that are going to be near the top, if not the top. Obviously, we saw things through different with Kansas State and TCU last year, so anything can happen. But it feels pretty good about where Texas and Oklahoma are at this point. Joe, one of the things I love about your write-up is the attention to detail, right? You've got jersey numbers correct, right? I know you're trying to get transfer portal guys in and out. And I really love the fact that you call out a newcomer for each team. And for UCF, you picked a Corian Patterson, a kid out of Middle Tennessee who obviously transferred into UCF. What do you like about him? What made him for you the newcomer for UCF to watch for? Yeah, it's hard because I'm one of those people that just gets so excited about like 10 plus guys coming in. And so picking one guy is, is pretty difficult. But DeCorian Patterson for me is it was honestly between him and Jerry Wilson, the safety from ECU. I really like what both of those do. Jerry's actually a former linebacker that transitioned to safety. So he brings good size and good athleticism to that secondary. But DeCorian Patterson's a proven playmaker. He's been able to to create uh, turnovers for middle Tennessee for a while now. And that secondary, honestly, at middle Tennessee was pretty loaded and they, they will be again this year, but the Corian Patterson coming in, you, you get a guy who is a proven playmaker. Now you're going to have to play at a different level. Conference USA and big 12 are very different, but uh, honestly, at a certain point, making plays is making plays and yeah, you're going to face some tougher competition, but you're not going to face like, it wasn't like in conference USA, you're facing guys that ran, four nines and now you face four fours like guys are running pretty fast it's just there's a, a, a tick different at this level so to me he's the big one just because also you lose Devonte brown that's a huge loss in my opinion 
so you got to get guys that can compete right away. And I, I think DeCorey Patterson is the perfect replacement. Much is also made about UCF. There's two new coordinators on both the offense and the defensive side. Defense, Addison Williams gets promoted to defensive coordinator. Offense, Darren Hinshaw comes in after spending a year um, sort of as an, as an analyst. Um, how big a deal is that, you think, with two new coordinators, two new sort of systems, if you will, a little bit, uh, breaking in on the first year of the Big 12? Well, I think that the defense probably is used to it at this point. It, you know, it feels like lately UCF's been going through a couple different guys, and they've had some pretty good success uh, for the most part. So that is a group I'm not super, especially with the talent they have returning, I'm not super worried about it. Uh, and then you flip the offense. Uh, you know, Gus is still going to have his hands on the offense. Doesn't really matter. It's kind of like it's a pseudo title. Like Gus is still going to have the – he's going to be able to trump anything that this <laughs> – coordinator wants he's going to be able to make suggestions and say no we're running this uh, so I, I really don't think that I have too many concerns obviously when you're going through the first year of two new coordinators there's going to be some road bumps and, and you're going into a new conference too so there's a few different things that they have to worry about but at the same time on the on the flip side of that all of these teams that they're facing this year have never faced or haven't faced consistently UCF either so there, there is both sides of it where you should be concerned on your end, but also the other teams that you're facing don't really know what to expect from you either. You have Texas, Oklahoma one, two, if we're breaking this into tiers, how do you see it breaking down after that? And what do you think that separation is with UCF at seven, the distance between them and, and three, four, five, six. Yeah. So I, it's, it's tough. Cause I said in the last podcast that I did, you look at, at the teams that can compete for a conference championship. And honestly, in my opinion, there's, there's about 11 teams that could make it to the conference championship this year. I think 11. Yeah. I think TCU, uh, it obviously a lot of things depend. Uh, UCF is one of those teams that can make it to the conference championship plain and simple. Like they can, I mean, you look at, look at TCU last year, nobody had TCU going to the conference championship. No one had them even, they probably had them at best winning eight or nine games, not necessarily making it to the national championship. So this is a conference where there's actually quite a bit of parity. And so that's, I think that's the biggest thing. You obviously have to have some things go right. UCF, obviously we need John Rice Plumlee to take a step forward to be able to open up that passing attack. The defense gets those transfers in and gets everything figured out. You look at Kansas could be up there. Kansas surprised last year. Nobody really saw what was coming last year. And obviously they faded towards the end of the year, but that's a team that can score points. They have a talented defense that can make stops. Baylor is got Dave Veranda. I trust him as long as they can get the offense figured out. BYU has a ton of talent. They brought in a bunch of transfers too. Just a matter of getting the defense. Iowa State, same thing. They're they're an underdog team that everybody sleeps on, especially after a four and eight season. And that's where Matt Campbell typically thrives. Uh, and then, yeah, so to me, like there's 11 teams now, how confident I would say, like I'm, I am on BYU or Iowa state is definitely less than putting TCU or Kansas state into that conference championship conversation. But UCF is right there. They have the talent in the trenches. I think that they have the talent at the skill positions offensively, and it, it's not going to take much because of the conference you're joining. There's a lot of parity in this conference from top to bottom. I think even if you look at West Virginia, who's the worst team to me, that's a team that can still surprise you like going, going to West Virginia or having them come in. Like there's, there's a lot of teams that can win football games in this conference and, and Oklahoma and Texas aren't exempt from that. So that's why I see 11 teams have a chance and it really depends, but I do believe that if everything goes right for those teams, then you're looking at a team that's competing for a conference title. So Texas, Oklahoma stumble, you've got TCU third, but you could see any number of teams that might find themselves atop the division. Yeah, and TCU is that perfect example. We didn't know what was going to happen to quarterback Chandler Morris and Max Duggan came into the year, and Morris actually won the job. I think people forget that. He actually started against Colorado and then got hurt, and Duggan took over and had the year of his life. So it doesn't take much uh, to get, especially if you have a good core of talent, which TCU did. It just took a couple things to go right for them to get to that conference title game, and there's a lot of teams that fit that mold. They just have to get it all right and have everything firing on all cylinders. Joe, I'm not sure how often you get a chance to go out to games, but obviously new to the Big 12 for UCF. Is there one road atmosphere that you would recommend UCF fans have to go to, even if we don't play this year? One stadium, one setting that Joe Broback says UCF fans need to go here. Uh, I'm not going to – Texas and Oklahoma are just uh, above and beyond everything else just because of the size and the tradition. 
But I think a super underrated one is actually Iowa State. And you, you don't think like, oh, let's go to Iowa for a college football game. That sounds like so much fun. But Iowa State has a great atmosphere, especially when they're playing really well and they're upsetting teams like Texas and Oklahoma. That stadium is one of the most dynamic stadiums in college football. So I would say that one is and that one is an underrated one, probably an overlooked one for a lot of people. But I would say you're probably not going to go wrong outside of, you know, maybe West Virginia, although if they're playing well, that's really fun. Uh, I think that any number of these uh, is really fun. I could go down the list on a lot of them, but Iowa State, another underrated one, BYU. I think BYU has a really fun stadium. They do a lot of great things uh, off the field, like between uh, possessions and whatnot. So that's another one I would say definitely get out to if you can. All right. The last question I have for you has nothing to do with football. The shoes behind you, um, what significance? And is that a T-Max shoe or is that an N1 shoe all the way to your left? Uh, so, yeah. So the this one, this yes. one right here, these two are yeah. T-Max right here. Okay. Um, so, and then these are LeBron. So growing up, I didn't, I just had, I have three younger brothers. So we didn't go anywhere fancy to get our basketball shoes. Uh, and my teammates had actually each one of these three. Uh, at growing up. And I said, if I could ever afford them one day, I'm going to buy them. So <laughs> now that I have enough money to do it, those are the three. Now getting myself to wear them actually, as someone who loves wearing shoes, I don't know how likely that is, but I at least have them and know that younger me is very proud to have those. Very good. <laughs> very good. That's a good story. Tell folks how they can find 465 pages of college football greatness here as we get closer to July 1 and UCF joining the Big 12 officially. Yeah, if you're on, if you're on Twitter, just follow me at Joe Broback. It's a pinned tweet there. You can find it on my Instagram as well. Uh, everything is at Joe Broback. Pretty easy to find. And you have a new addition to your family. We appreciate you stealing a little bit of time away for us tonight. And congratulations to you and your family. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Talk Thanks, to you again, Joe. Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of detail there. I love how detailed he is. And 465 pages, you can scroll through. It's, it, you know what was so nice? What I liked is I, I didn't linger and spend any time in the uh, AAC. So I, I got no knowledge of what the Temple's got going on. I'm trying to I don't get my either. arms around Texas Tech. Look, I, any at this time of year, all the publications are putting out their preview issues, and there's always a litany of errors. There's always, you know, uh, typos. There's always wrong graphics, wrong guy. He even had the jersey numbers correct. Trayvon Morris Brass changed the number three. He had that in there. So I really love his level of detail. Again, for me, it's those little things that let you know that he actually does the research, looks into teams, isn't just uh, isn't just trying to pencil whip stuff too. So, but friends, Control F is your friend. You're you're gonna need to Control F on that PDF <laughs> and to type in UCF. I love I love Joe to death, but Control F is your friend. Yeah, this is true. A little more football news before we get back on the big topic of the day, uh, the search for a new UCF baseball head coach, uh, Deshaun Lawrence, previously the assistant director of player personnel for UCF football, now the director of player development. So that's one coaching move that uh, actually happened this Thursday. And uh, Big 12 Mexico, we talked about it a few weeks ago, officially unveiled south of the border for the Big 12. Uh, the league announcing Kansas versus Houston, men's and women's basketball, December 2024, Mexico City. Uh, they also expect uh, exhibition games for women's soccer and baseball against club teams throughout the country and a possible bowl game in Monterey, Mexico in 2026. Well, we get Mike there. I know we're not going to get him yeah, to love this it. Is yeah, this is the closest you're going to get Mike to Lubbock. I'm not sure where Monterey <laughs> is in relation to Lubbock, but I feel like this is as close as you're going to get Mike there. What do you think about that, though? Do you, do you like this expansion, uh, expanding the brand in Mexico? I mean, your mark has not been timid in his first year or so on the job. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's revolutionary. It hasn't really been done a whole bunch, especially in the college game. I know the NFL is experimenting with games in Mexico, but it, it might be an interesting destination game, right? You schedule, you go down there, you know, you try to spend some time. I mean, it, it may be an interesting destination game. And look, if there are, uh, you know, if there are ears and eyes in a, in a region or an area of the country that are open to adopting new teams and you can capture those ears and eyes, which maybe equals revenue, you'd be foolish not to try. So I appreciate his effort of saying, hey, there's potentially an untapped market here. Maybe we can go in and, and get a footprint. Obviously, Mexico and Texas bordering each other. So you think you'd have some familiarity there with the Big 12. So I applaud his his forward thinking of saying, hey, there may be some maybe some fans here that we don't we don't know about. Let's see if we can tap into a new market. 
Certainly interesting. Also interesting, rumor has it, you're going to be back in Orlando on July 1st for a, a big UCF Big 12 block party over at Burger U. Uh, rumors are true, Trace. Uh, July 1st, 12 to 6, um, sponsored by Burger U, Brit's Bunch, uh, The Kingdom, and of course us here at the Sons of UCF. Uh, the brainchild of Jan from, from Jan and Brit. Uh, details still being kind of finalized and worked out. I know we'll have some DJs. I think there'll be some food there. We're working on some giveaways. Um, and so it's a great day to, to celebrate what will be a big day, what's a sort of a, a, a bellwether day for UCF. So come on out, block party right outside of Burger U, 12 to 6, stay for six hours, stay for six minutes, whatever. Stop by, say hi, have a cold drink, um, and celebrate UCF's move to the Big 12. We can't wait to see everybody out there. I know it's a holiday weekend, people. No excuses. Maybe some players coming by too, by the way. So Ooh. Ooh. Maybe we'll get some yeah. more details on that as we get closer to it. So. That's all drop. I got. That's yeah, all I got, Trace. Um, yeah, I'm not... I'm I'm lower on the committee rankings of this particular. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to be there. That's a that's a big deal. I've told you this before. People ask me all the time when I'm at events. Hey, is Adam here? Is Mike here? Nah, they're not here. You know. So no, this no, Mike. Uh, Mike will not be there, of course. But uh, I will be there. You will be there. Maybe. What are you, uh, what are we doing with maybe? <laughs> what, what, what's maybe? I don't it understand seems, maybe. It seems weeks away to me. I don't know. That's a long. It, it is away. technically. You're correct. Twenty I mean, twenty three days. I think I saw scroll. Uh, maybe. Maybe uh, I'll be there. This guy in the maybes. Maybe Leo. We haven't seen Leo. We don't know if he came back from I Europe. I don't know. Leo, Leo, send a You're message. Here. Yeah. SOS somebody. Do something. Maybe Leo will be there. Who knows? Uh, we miss you, Leo, if you're if you're there. He sent me a video send clip. Help. Uh, Give us proof the, of life. Near the Pope when he was at, outside uh, the Vatican. So I, I know he was there. So uh, yeah. we began the show talking about the Joe Girardi hiring that didn't happen. And I've been exchanging messages this week and throughout the day with a former UCF Knight, played baseball with the Knights 2018-2019, drafted by the Chicago White Sox. He is Tyler Osick, and he hops on Sons of UCF Live with us now. Tyler, hey, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. All right. You you thought this was a done deal today, just like most people. Well, what's your reaction to this now? No Joe Girardi. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, and uh, that's what I was hearing around. I saw people were saying they saw him on campus, and it seemed like a done deal. But uh, I thought he would have done a good job just being the guy, and he's successful all the avenues that he's went in his life. And I thought he would have done a good job over at UCF. But I guess we're going to see who they're going to wind up hiring in the future now. Was there, before all the Joe Girardi talk started happening, was there a guy uh, or two that you, you kind of liked uh, for getting the job? Um, well, obviously my former junior college coach, Jeff Johnson, I was hoping that they were going to try and go that direction, but it seemed to me like they uh, they went a different way. They, I don't, I'm not sure if he interviewed for the job or not, but um, the, uh, the Campbell head coach really intrigued me. I think, it's, I think he's been to five regionals in a row over there. And I think he would be able to do a good job at whatever program he goes to. But it seems to me like I've heard he's already turned down jobs to stay there. So I don't think he's really moving. But I guess we'll see who they wind up going with. I think Richard Wallace would be good. But I don't know if he's going to leave after they're already taking a lot of the UCF players. But I guess we'll see what happens, you know. That's yeah, a little awkward, right? Uh, but that's where he works right now, right? He works at Florida State. And they've uh, they've taken some of the best of the UCF Knights over there. Cam Leiter. Drew Farrow, uh, amongst others. Yeah, exactly. Tyler, we always talk about what we think players want in a head coach. Obviously, take yourself back. I mean, you were just a player at UCF, you know, three, four years ago. What's important to players in a head coach? Is it development? Is it the name recognition? Is it the way they treat players? What are the things that are important to players as you think about naming a new head coach? Yeah, I think it's development. I think it's the way that they treat players. I don't think they care as much about the name. I think that the way that they treat their players and the way that they develop players and if they have a proven track record of winning and getting players drafted into the next level, I think that's more important than the big glamorous name. And uh, I just think that's that's the reason why I was a really big uh, proponent of uh, Jeff Johnson because he was able to produce over 20 major leaguers in a small town in the northwest panhandle of Florida. And if he was able to be given the facilities like a UCF or, or a bigger program like that, I think he would crush it. And I just think that in general, that's what players are more so looking for. Guys with proven track records that have produced winning, a good culture, and getting people onto the next level. And I think that that's a huge thing, too, as well. Is just uh, I know players in today's day, they want to get to the next level, get drafted. But you got to also be able to, to win, you know? 
And we talk about the head coach. Obviously, the head coach gets a lot of the headlines, but the assistant coaches, the support staff is just as important, right? How important is not just the head coach, but the staff that comes with the head coach and everybody that comes sort of as, as part of the program? Yeah, they're actually extremely important. Um, back at my time, if, you know, we spent a lot of time with Ryan Klosterman and Ted Tom and like for your positional uh, versatility group and stuff like that, like believe it or not, you're, the assistant coaches are the ones there on the, on the floor with the players developing. And I'd say that the head coach in college baseball is more so like a CEO of the company that writes the lineup on game day. They sit back a little more. They analyze the players. They see who they want to put in the lineup, where, how they think players can produce and bring certain things to the team. But the assistant coaches are really the ones developing the players. So they are absolutely huge. Of course, all this talk of a change comes after athletic director Terry Mahajer let go of longtime baseball coach uh, Greg Lovelady. When you heard that uh, Mahajer was letting go of Lovelady, what was your reaction to that? Um, I mean, I was upset for Love just because, uh, you know, he was there for a long time. He helped me tremendously in my career. He uh, always stuck with me he, uh, through good times, bad times. Uh, he was always there for me. Um, so it wasn't. It wasn't a good news for me uh, hearing that he got let go. And I, and I, you know, I loved the whole staff there. I went back every off season and we trained there. Even this off season, I was there working out. Um, you know, I just want whatever's best for UCF baseball. Like that's, that's the program that I played for. I truly love UCF. So now my next focus is just trying to, you know, help in whatever way I can in, in the future of that program. And I guess we'll see what direction they go. Do you understand fans' impatience with baseball? They just think that it, it's on the verge of something, but not quite there, and that it could be more, I think, is a, a frustration on the part of a lot of fans. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think that's fair frustration. I truly believe that UCF should be in the top 25 every year. They got the facilities to do so. They have the best – They have a, they're, they're in a hotbed of baseball. Um, some of the best players in the country come from Orlando. UCF football is doing great. I think that UCF baseball is to catch up. I mean, they have the facilities – we can we can for sure compete at the national level. Tyler, I'm not sure how much of the season you're able to watch this year, but as you as you saw the season and saw kind of what transpired, how would you describe th this year? What do you think worked well for for UCF, and what do you think um, didn't maybe go so well for UCF? Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, keeping up with the games ever so the last few years. I I really liked the way that they swung the bats this year. I saw that they were kind of inconsistent on the pitching side of things, which was kind of it uh, kind of in a way the opposite of what it's been at UCF in the past. I would say that the pitching was usually what kind of kept us in games and in the season, but now it was more so the offense and it was one through nine. They were pretty lethal at the plate, but the arms didn't look as good as they have in the past, but they also have had some big pieces drafted recently, but I just thought the, uh, the arms were definitely down. That could be, uh, you know, coach Adi leaving halfway through the year, uh, you know, stuff like that. I don't know what it was attributed to, but I definitely saw, a little we just got to get a little bit more even on both sides of the ball in my opinion you know coach lovelady referenced uh, the change in pitching coach at the timing of, of when that happened as as being a factor and being disruptive help us understand why that's disruptive besides the obvious that he's coming in halfway through the season just in terms of development you miss fall ball and and the opportunity to develop pitchers i mean i'm sure that guy did a great job i mean he's had a long a long like career in coaching he's had success I just think that when uh when you come in halfway through the year you more so don't want to immediately start changing things with pitchers and players you want to get more of a feel of their personality and who they are as guys before you say oh I see you doing this I say you do I see you doing that the players might be so, uh not so receptive to that and might maybe not even listen in a way because they're saying I have to have trust in you first before I let you make a critical decision in my career so you can see maybe that's something that went into it, or maybe it was just injuries, or maybe it was just the staff that they had this year. So I don't know. I, I, if I was there, I'd be able to give you a little bit better of an answer. We talked earlier about some of these guys that have left now, uh, entered the portal, and have gone on to Florida State. And you were imploring on your social media, stay, uh, commit to the program, believe in it. But if you put uh, yourself in the shoes of those players, there's a great deal of uncertainty at the moment. And you want to know as a player that you're secure in your future. You understand where they're coming from, even though you don't want them to leave? Yeah, I understand where they're coming from. And I've heard that there's like, you know, amounts of money getting thrown at them to go to these programs. So I'm sure that that's, for, that's super appealing. Uh, to uh, college players, uh, you know, if I was 21 years old, I would probably have to consider something like that as well. 
but I just see it as that I think that you could truly do any, anything you want to do at Florida State. I think you could do it at UCF if the full team buys into it and commits and, and you get rolling. You can really do it there. And uh, maybe we just need a little bit more support on the financial ends to keep players there. But I definitely just think that you could do it. I, like I referenced, I, you know, Shaquem Griffin and Mackenzie Milton, those type of guys that did it with UCF football, I think that that's way cooler doing that and building something special there at a program that's never done anything than going to an, a Florida State, Miami, LSU, and just being one of the one of another guys there. And so I was actually talking to some of my old teammates at UCF, and I was just thinking, I was like, you know, yeah, there's money being thrown at these guys. But I remember that when, like, we were trying to kick Florida and FSUs and Miami's butt, and now they're going to play with them. I don't know if we, if I would have, <laughs> But, um, I, I, you know, it's different now and, uh, you know, it's just different and I guess we'll see what happens. Tyler, obviously, uh, UCF leaving the American conference. We had a, a bunch of years in the American conference when you were there, who did you consider your rival? Obviously we know the Cavs over in Tampa, right? That's a natural rivalry. ECU obviously always had a good team. Who did you kind of consider your rival when you were at UCF uh, and playing baseball? Yeah, I would say it was kind of ECU and, uh, South Florida and, and then UF, like the games, the midweek games against UF, they were always fun. They were a blast. We had great crowds show up for those games. So I would say those three teams were probably the biggest rivals there. All right, we got a question coming up in our mailbag. I need an expert opinion and no better expert than you. Um, I don't know if you can see the screen. I know you're on your phone there. Pick your uniform, Tyler. Which of these four uniforms do you like the best? Obviously, you are the foremost authority. You have worn probably something very similar to all these. If you got to pick one of these, it's Tyler Osick Day at John Juliano <laughs> Park. You can pick the uniform. Which one are you picking? I'm, I saw online that people weren't liking the baby blue Citronaut ones, but I'm going with the Citronaut Saturday. No. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yikes. It was bad luck. And they abandoned that uh, as the season uh, moved along. Uh, Tyler, do do players believe in that, though? Do do players believe, like, in superstition and curses? Like, Saturdays, there was a bloodbath during the year. We were losing a lot of Saturday (laughs) games by a bunch of runs. Do players believe in that stuff? Is that something that you all talk about, like, superstitious-wise? Like, hey, let's ditch these jerseys? Yeah, yeah, I would say I would say not not typically, but then I think that they were probably feeling the same way at some point in the season. (laughs) Uh, bring us up to date on you. Uh, fans remember you being a Knight, and then you were drafted by the Chicago White Sox. You, you spent a couple of years in their organization. Where where are you at right now in your baseball career and, and your future pursuits? Yeah, so I recently got done playing about three weeks ago, um, was released by the White Sox, and now I decided that I'm just going to be going into college coaching. I'm going to start my college coaching career uh, this upcoming fall, and I'm going to try and figure out where I'm going to start that, and we'll see where it goes from there. How would you describe that journey uh, in the uh, Major League Baseball pursuit with the White Sox, uh, you know, toiling in the minor leagues and uh, you, you make that decision now? Why Why now the decision to move in a different direction? Uh, when I was 21, 22 years old, I really enjoyed that lifestyle. I love traveling, playing baseball and just being, the, you know, the minor league grind of things. But now at 26, about to be 27, uh, I didn't really feel the same. I didn't want to really share a room with a guy and another guy and I just was was done traveling uh, on buses all over the country for little pay wanted to move on and start my career in life and move on into different things and you know I love baseball but I guess I'll just impact it in a different way now you'll have to let us know if you if and when you land there at a new team uh coaching if you're on any buses uh, on any long road trips <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, and you should break some news right Let's just start some rumors. You're the next head coach to UCF baseball. Let's just <laughs> name you right now. Hey, I hope I get on the staff as an assistant. Whoever gets hired, I'm reaching out as soon as they uh, get hired. That would be great. Tyler. Out jerseys a- every day, Trey. Baby blues every day. <laughs> if Tyler it brings Rose Tyler Osick back, I will embrace okay. uh, the baby okay. blues. I'll take it. I'll uh, take it. Tyler, we appreciate you spending some time with us tonight on Sons of UCF Live and keep us up to date on this coaching search. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. See you again, Tyler. All right. Well, I did promise that to everybody, right? I'd I'd be more, I said more supportive of the blues. I didn't say I would be a full embrace of the blues, but can I get a little credit there? It's not because of me. They abandoned the blue jerseys. They didn't do Citronaut Saturday every Saturday after the losses piled up. Right. 
So they, they bought into some superstition, something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would take a victory lap on that if I were you, but certainly, yes, it seemed like the baby blues got buried at the bottom of the uh, the closet there. Uh, around the kingdom before we open the mailbag. Taylor Hendricks, uh, we're two weeks away from the NBA draft, uh, working out with the Indiana Pacers this week. Uh, and every day, a new article coming out with those teams, uh, you know, that would it be a good fit for them? So uh, seems Indiana certainly pushed them out on social media being there. Women's Tennis 2023 recruiting class second in the country per tennisrecruiting.net. Uh, that's a pretty good accolade going into the Big 12. Volleyball, they are on their European tour. I was speaking with uh, head coach Jenny Maurer before they went on that trip, and she said, hey, how about the size of our new recruits? Britt Carlson, 6'4", outside hitter, transferring from Washington State. Megan Holland, 6'4", middle blocker, transferring from South, from South Carolina. And Doga Okal, 6'2", outside hitter from Turkey. Tall, tall, tall. You know that's going to be important uh, for UCF as they make the move into the Big 12. And then today, Kingdom NIL announcing a $300,000 donation, uh, the largest donation from an alum, that being Taylor Gehrig, a class of 2005 alum. Thank you, Taylor. That's a yeah. big shot in the arm. <laughs> That's, right? that's, that's, that, yeah, that's really cool, man. I mean, obviously, um, you know, uh, a, a, a lot of people donate. A lot of people have, uh, uh, you know, some opportunity to give, but it's a really big donation. And obviously to, to Kingdom, which helps to potentially keep people playing baseball at UCF and softball and basketball and, and how we know how important that is, too. So so thank you very much to Taylor. Uh, definitely appreciate uh, what you're doing for UCF. Yeah, big donation. All right. Mailbag time. Is it that time, Trace? It's that it's time. official. It's back by popular demand. It's that time again. Time to open the Brian W. Peterson Sons of UCF mailbag. Before we start, Trace, here's what gets me every time is that somebody is going to go in that man's office to get their taxes done. He's going to go, it's that time. Text. And I just don't know how you do that with a straight face. I don't, I just don't know how you do it. Uh, and I know Brian will let us know the first person that recognizes him from this segment that he does taxes for that asks him to say something. He should <laughs> offer discounts for people who can replicate that, uh, that, that little soundbite there. JP Gilbert off the top of the hard hitting question. Adam, would you trade a Miami heat NBA championship this year? Yeah. For UCF Big 12 title and playoff appearance. However, in that appearance, UCF gets blown out by four. Well, based on how poorly the Heat played last night and how this series is looking at this point, give me that Big 12 championship. I would not want to get blown out, obviously, but that would require us to win a championship. So based on how crappy the Heat looked last night, give me UCF in the Big 12. All right, but say the Heat had won last night and be up 2-1. Answer the same. More loyalty to UCF yes. than Miami. More loyal. Clearly, you're, A, you're not familiar with Tony Brothers. And B, yes, more loyalty to UCF than Miami. He also asked this of UCF Mike. Is he still floating around? Uh, no, Mike has disappeared years. from the stream. I don't know if I should be concerned. I assume he's watching <laughs> no. the game. One nothing um, cats right now, by the way, for those of you uh, following along. How do you think uh, he that. answers that question? Can you ask him that on uh, the next podcast? He said, I believe he, he responded on Twitter, and he did not like being blown out in a, in a, a bowl game. So I believe he went Panthers only because Panthers mm. have never won a championship. He didn't mm. like the bowl game blowout. And I think Brian was quick to point out that that still came with a conference championship. But I think Mike was upset about the blowout. Uh, where T now is JP Gilbert truly sold on the black and gold or just a negative not. <laughs> it's For a those of you who don't it's get JP Gilbert. Yes. I mean, there was honestly no bigger night fan than JP Gilbert. And he's got his own different way of communication. Uh, but I can tell you, I've spent time with JP, no bigger night fan than JP Gilbert. Everybody who thinks he's rooting for UCF to lose and wants everyone to fail. That it's, that's literally not in his DNA. It's all a little bit of a shtick, a little for show, a little bit for clicks here and there. He's got some humorous memes Trust me, J.P. Gilbert is big a UCF fan as anybody knows out there. I think I've said it on this show before. I, I muted him for a week. I just couldn't take it. With football and basketball overlapping, be besides him ripping into JRP Dude, I don't and Johnny Dawkins, I could just... Of all the people to mute, it's J.P. Gilbert. I've got a few people on mute, Trace. You know who they are. Of all the people to <laughs> mute, it's J.P. Gilbert. Like, I mean, at least he makes you laugh. I mean, yeah, you know? He makes me laugh, but some of it I do feel is just too negative. And... I don't know what the true serum would be, but I'm yes. not sure he wants. Dolly knows. I'm the not sure. JP stands for positive. <laughs> Dolly, Dolly's 100% right on that. Uh, yeah, okay. But anyway, I unmuted him. I missed him. I brought him back. Uh, I haven't unmuted the people I, I muted now. Yeah, that's probably a wise call. 
Uh, at emptiness four, Michael, uh, who do you like to be see be the next head coach uh, for UCF baseball now that Joe Girardi is out of the running? I just I want somebody with good recruiting ties and is a strong college coach. I, I just I'm not rooting against Joe Girardi. Um, I thought it was a little gimmicky. I didn't think he was a long time thing for UCF. I thought it was a shot in the arm. Uh, give him some fundraising dollars, get some headlines, and that's great. But I want someone that's um, gonna gonna make an impact here. I mean, that's why they made the change from Greg Lovelady, right? So that, I don't have a particular name in mind, though I do like the Rich Wallace name, even though that's a little awkward that a couple of nights have moved on to Florida State, where he is now a part of the coaching staff, former UCF alum. I'd like to see a UCF guy uh, or gal land a job at this university at some point. I think it was Brandon Helwig who pointed out that no UCF alum has ever been the coach of, I think, a men's team, if I remember that correctly. Look, Tyler Osick just said he wanted Jeff Johnson, right? And so who, who am I to go against Tyler Osick? He knows more baseball. Uh, he'll forget more baseball than I'll ever know. So give me give me Jeff Johnson, uh, and I'll take Tyler's uh, suggestion every day. Christian Simmons, who went through the ringer today on Twitter, came out against Joe Girardi. Okay? Then he was, uh, you know, lauded as the the message board sort of turned on Joe Girardi as the afternoon moved along. He's with the uh, the video, the, uh, the the visual question here. Pick a favorite baseball uniform. Can you bring that back up? Uh, we got Sorry, the last I saw of Christian Simmons, he was plotting all of the Olive Guards in the Big Twelve. So I haven't really been up with Christian since. Well, and the funny part is, you know, he's a big Olive Garden guy, right? So I saw somebody a thing where somebody listed. Applebee's of in the Mac or something. So I said oh. that to him and, and then he, he was responding to me about where the Applebee's were in the big 12. Oh. I said, what about the Olive Gardens? Iowa state and Kansas, no Applebee's or Olive Garden. We learned that. Iowa today. state. Right, what do you got here? Lawrence, what do you got for the, um, for the, uh, give me, give me top left. I don't really like a baseball uniforms that have the button down on the front. I kind of like the Shirzy look. I like the black look with the script. So give me top left black Knights Shirzy script. I don't know that upper right one. No, uh, lower left, lower left. But I do like the other three. Okay. So all three of those are good. We thank Christian for the uh, vision. Enjoy the breadsticks, Christian. Yeah, that Brian W. Peterson. Latest Big 12 rumor, Colorado working behind the scenes to potentially jump from the pack back to the Big 12. How do you think legacy Big 12 programs will react to Colorado coming back into the fold were that to happen? I don't think anybody cares about any of that, right? It's just all money. Yeah, will it get them more money is, is really the only question to ask. The second question to ask yourself is, why do we care at this point? I am so sick of realignment Twitter at this point, Trace. Every day, it's Arizona, it's UConn, it's Gonzaga, it's Colorado. There's a meeting, there's not a meeting. It's just, it's exhausting. Speaking of things to mute, at this point, I want to mute realignment talk with Big 12 because every day, it seems like a new school's coming here. And every day, no schools do. Pac-12 is fine. The Big 12 sucks. It's just a, it's a fiasco. Just somebody wake me when there's a new school in the Big 12. Why do you mute people versus blocking? I'd say a block feels aggressive. Block is like you've done something to. They like, don't know though on. that they've been muted. Uh, that's even better. It's passive aggressive. I like that. Uh, block seems like you've done something that's really angry. Mute just like, dude, you are so annoying. I have no time for you. So it's my own secret silent protest. Um, plus, then I got to answer questions about that nonsense. I don't got time for that. I got a job, Trace. Yeah. Care to share one name you got muted? UCF Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with Panther stock. Yeah, yeah, too much Panther stock. Uh, good, uh, good deflection there. At, at UCF XOS is, is that welcome back. Is Andy. that the return of Andy? I exchanged messages. Speaking with Andy of over the speaking last of proof day. of life, Andy is back. That's yeah, fantastic. I miss Andy. We got to get Andy back in the mix. Can he start breaking down uh, Kansas State film for us? Uh, over the summer can we talk to him about that do you not like him or something why would you make him do that? <laughs> i want to know who ucf's playing he asked what year does ucf football beat colorado and Deion sanders in the big 12 championship this assumes a lot of things by the way in this question though did it surprise you joe said any of 11 teams could find themselves into the big 12 championship game and he includes ucf in that i'm just hoping to get to six and six and i mean well, he's not saying he's got him predicted seven He's not saying they're in there, but he's saying any of 11, which surprised me that he opened it up so wide. Not really, Trace. I think uh, a, a previous guest we had, I think you were uh, you were on um, vacation that week. We had Kelly Ford on, and he had his power rankings. And he had a cluster of teams there. He had Oklahoma and Texas kind of the top. 
And he had a cluster of like seven, eight teams that his projections were all kind of all in the same range, kind of in that TCU mold of last year. So I'm not super surprised. I don't believe it, but it seems like that's what everyone's prognosticating is that there could be a dark horse team. And I think a lot of this is muscle memory from TCU last year. Right. And, and a little bit of, you know, um, you know, just having some bias to the, to the recent success, but I don't think that's possible, but I, I wasn't surprised just based on what Kelly Ford had recently. So what year you got UCF Colorado? Does it ever? Uh, gonna, I don't know who this is. I'm going to go with Nova T because uh, I don't think Dion's going to be at Colorado for the long haul. It's cold mm. in Colorado. Dion's from Fort Myers, went to school in Tallahassee, played in Dallas, played in Atlanta, played in San Francisco. Yeah, spent some time in Cincinnati. I get it. But I don't think Dion, I don't think Dion wants any part of that. Plus, I don't think he wants, uh, I think he wants an Under Armour school. File that away. At Spurs United, Big 12, fond of noon kickoffs. How many do you think UCF will have? Of course, they announced. Uh, the uh, first couple of games, game times, are evening starts, which I think was them saying, get ready for some uh, day games uh, in the Big 12. Uh, two. Four. Four? Yeah, I'll go four. All four of the conference games as noon kickoffs? Not, I mean, well, there's more than four conference games. Home. Oh, oh it's, it's all home only? Well, he's, I guess he's not saying, he, he didn't yeah. say home. I was, I was thinking of that question. Was I think when all the games sold, I think he got four. Oh. And I don't think that's as much about UCF. I think it's also much about like West Virginia UCF is probably not going to be made for prime time, right? We're not doing three thirty mm-hmm. or seven kicks for that one. So that's probably a noon game. So looking at the schedule and yeah. some teams you care about, I'm going to go four. Yeah. I, I thought that question was about home games. So yeah, four sounds like a good number. And love not war three eleven. Two questions. Given the changes to the team since the last time he asked, uh, what's the new over-under thinking for men's basketball? He says, got to think it's better than the original 10. 10 total wins. I'm sticking with five conference wins is my over-under on five conference wins. I think they can beat 10 total. We're starting to get some details. Jacksonville now, John Rothstein saying UCF's got a game with them. Uh, So I think they'll have a little bit softer, obviously, compared to the conference slate. But I still think over-unders five in the conference. And maybe I put him at 11. Yeah, I think I can go over there because he's saying total wins, right? Um, Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think we're in that four to six conference win range. And we need one of those like lucky Derek White tippins at the buzzer situations. I think we can probably go four to six conference. But with the non-conference schedule, I think it can be a little soft. But listen, I mean... Does anybody really know what this team is going to be? Because it's a it's a it's a Frankenstein of pieces from other schools that seem to have talent, had <laughs> had success at other schools. But how the heck do we know if they're going to play together? Are they going to play well together? Do they complement each other? None of us know that. Welcome to college basketball in 2023. I, I can't tell you definitively that I think that we're going to be a, a, a 15 win team. So I'll take I'll take the 11, 12 range with you, but I don't, I'm not super confident over it. Just because I think Johnny Dawkins can get get him to win a couple more games, uh, you know, because I well now you're now you're just drinking. Trace, I don't, is that if Johnny Dawkins is going to get us to win games? Yeah, he's going to out coach. I think he's squeezing wins out of this team than the talent on the roster over the course of non- his career. Non conference wins. Yeah. Next question from the, uh, <laughs> That's fair. Our, our uh, love not war. Who's the next boom for UCF? Football in 2024. I don't know. I, I like how you say this on your show. We are not your recruiting experts. Don't come here for recruiting. I love all of you people. Do yeah. not come here for recruiting. That's yeah. not, I have no patience. I have no time for that. There are several people who do a fantastic job with UCF recruiting. You should follow those people. I trust all of them implicitly. I get, I hear things here and there. From what I understand, Bounce House Weekend will hopefully prove to be fruitful. How many that is, who's first on the list, I don't know. Because here's the thing I don't like, Trace. We went to like the verbal commit, then there's the hard commit there's just a sign now there's the silent commit i don't like the new variations on commit <laughs> just commit at some point there's the silent commit he's committed but he's not telling yeah. anybody i don't understand that so the silent commit scares me i'm sure we have a few silent commits but i don't i don't really know dolly's as plugged in as anybody he's going with uh with gage from st thomas so seems like a name i'll stick with as well yeah you know what i hate to I hate to worship at the altar of ucf mike but he said let me know in august who's on the team you know let me know when they're here oh. Let Mike know in October. I don't know. I think August still maybe a bit different. At uh, Mr. Nightman underscore, does participation in fan banter detract from or improve the quality of uh, of your night fandom? I guess uh, Twitter banter, message board banter. I think it depends on the – for 48 hours, I had Cincinnati fans in my mentions because of something uh, 
that people got engaged with, uh, they're obnoxious. So uh, that, you know, I should have muted some of that conversation. Uh, it depends on what the topic is. Yeah, the, the word banter uh, is interesting. I don't know what that means. What, what drives me crazy is when people argue over things that there's no way anybody can prove. You know what I mean? Like, the, well, like, like you know, there's some people, Christian said that he didn't think the Girardi hire was, was a smart hire. But why? You're wrong. Well, how do you know? How does anybody know whether it's a good hire? You know, I mean, it's his opinion, you know, yeah. but you don't know. Uh, at UCF, some Big 12 fans believe Night Nation should move on from beefing with cow fans. Now the UCF's a P5 program. Where do you stand on this? You've got the segment on the pod, the cow of the week. Is that going to stay in the show? Uh, after July 1? Yeah, mostly because I'm probably too lazy to change anything there, but <laughs> probably. But I, again, I, I think... Cyclone I of the agree. week. I agree with this take. I, I think we should... Just, I mean, UCF's not in our... USF's not in our sphere anymore. They're they're not in our, our orbit. Like, let's just move on. Yes, they're going to talk some nonsense here and there, and I think when they do that, sure, like, respond back and put people in their place. But I think wasting our energy going after the cows is, is, is beneath us at this point. Let's move on to... Trounce in Cincinnati and Skyline Chili and whatever else is going on there. At Bounce House Grill, as prospects and recruits seem on outside to be improving, there's one spot. Uh, there's one spot I hear very little about. Is the quarterback spot in terms of recruiting and even transfers good enough? Yeah, especially with some of the losses uh, in the portal. I mean, you it's know, clear that the season goes as JRP goes, and yes. if he's not healthy for whatever the reason, misses time which right college quarterbacks it happens you know here's Plus, here's the one thing we can we can tell is last year we all like sat here every day and we were yeah, argue, speaking of arguing back and forth about JRP or Mikey Keene. There's no controversy. This is JRP's job. This is JRP's team. You know, the, the hopes and dreams of our season largely is going to rest on, on his arm. Uh, and so I, I mean, I, I'm going to have to trust that Gus and Darren Hinshaw know enough to know that he's the guy to lead us and that in some respects we have enough if something happens to him to, to, to back up Timmy McLean. We've seen play Xavier Williams. We don't know. I'm sure what I love a proven backup, but here's the problem. I mean, as soon as JRP throws a, an Aflac in the middle of the field, that gets picked off. We'd be calling for that guy. So it's clearly JRP's team. The faster we accept this and, and hope for the best at this point, I think we're better off, but I, I do think Timmy McLean will be a really serviceable number two, if that's his role. So um, it's clear though, that, that, you know, JRP is the, is the, is the guy and, Let's, let's root for the best. Zeebles UCF saying you get uh, Gus's login to the transfer portal. Which player are you targeting? I like question two better. How secure do you think Gus's password game is? It involves a kid or his wife's name or some combination. His wife's birthday. No, I've got it, Trace. I don't know why you're missing. Like, most people, the easiest password is password. Not for Gus. His no. password is? No, his password is? It's a real password. It's real password is Gus's password. Uh, I'd like to see an edge rusher. I mean, I know we got Traman Morris Brash. You know, we got Josh Salascar. We didn't get a ton of pressure on the quarterback from the edge this year. I know the middle's pretty, pretty stout with Barber and Hunter and, and John Walker. Give me a nice, another edge rusher option there on the outside. At James Duncan, UCF comes in with three questions, but the guy had arm surgery. Yeah, is he okay? Switches. I saw that. And, uh, yeah, he said, he said he's uh, well. Get, get well soon, James. You had me concerned. Uh, he's asking about last minute transfers. What position would you be looking at? We talked about that. Uh, you mentioned edge rusher there. If you could lock in a six and six season that includes a win over Oklahoma, would you take it or gamble on a better season? I take six and six and a win over Dylan Gabriel in Oklahoma I... and be happy with it and go to the uh, Pop Tart Bowl. I kind of agree with that, Trace. I don't want to because I feel like I should want more and, and be greedy and want like 10 and two. But I, no. if you told me that's what happened, I. I might be okay with that. Why don't is my voice like that? Don't be greedy. And uh, James's third question. If you could add one restaurant inside the bounce house, what would you add? <laughs> Olive Garden. No, wrong show. No. That's the wrong no. show. <laughs> so all right, we're in the we're in the stadium, so you need stadium food, right? It can't be it can't be, you know, breadsticks and soup, right? Culver's. Yeah, get out of here. I got two options for you. Give me lazy moon pizza. Nice slice of pizza is fine. Give me Huey Magoo's underrated chicken tenders and chicken and fries. You can't be that in the stadium. Again, I don't need something with a fork and knife. I don't need like, uh, you know, Outback or something. Lazy Moon, Huey Magoo's, Printon. Do they still have uh, Four Rivers up in the cabana? Is that still a thing up there? No, last year it was Sunny's. Sunny's. But for the spring game, it was neither Four Rivers nor Sunny's. It was some uh, already made pizza that was in a big giant thing that may have been a refrigerator, but apparently wasn't a refrigerator. It was actually a heater and it wasn't very good. Elementary school pizza. 
Holy, like a little, little little personal pan situation, like one of those, like <laughs> you go to like the the Target like cafe on the way out, you get that little pizza thing. It was one of those. Uh, and uh, finally, UCF national champions already in paintball, also with three of the thirteen best collegiate paintball teams in the country. First, fourth, and thirteenth. Have you been paintball? paintball? One time, and are we hanging a banner? Is what I want to know. Mm. Do you like it? Did you like the paintball? I didn't like getting hit. <laughs> did you win? I believe we did. Yeah, it was a team thing. Obviously, it wasn't just me uh, uh, me and somebody. It was a team thing. I believe my team did win, although I want to say it was one of the first ones out. Well, the one time, I've done it a couple of times. One time we did it, it was uh, Secret Service agents. You had to protect the president, and the other team was the assassins. So I was a Secret Service agent for a little while. So that was fun. My you, seem like wants- kind of guy, you seem like the kind of guy who would kill laser tag. Uh, yeah, I'm all right on laser tag. My godson wants to go paintballing again. He hasn't done it in a couple of years and wants me to go. So that may be a thing. I went with my nephews one time when I was out in Denver and I think they just thought I wouldn't be very good at paintball. And, and I took them both out and they were both surprised. So brag much. You also seem like a guy who would have no patience for an escape room. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, that's, no, yeah, yeah that's 10 minutes in, I'm, you'd be like, where's the door? Let me get out of it. There's yeah, no chance. It's kind of, it's kind of claustrophobic, no even if they're people yeah. I know and like, I don't want to be around them in that tight of space for that long trying to figure no out chance. now. Yeah, no, that one's of less interest to me. <laughs> Although Dolly wants to, Trace looks like you love a good corn maze. Uh, yeah, corn maze. Okay. Okay. All right, and corn maze. I'm all right. You know, I don't, it, it doesn't strike many uh, that i would be like this but i do like Ooh. these adventure things you were zip lining i've i've done zip lining i've done bungee jumping at some point i want to jump out of a plane i haven't done that i yet. would i would do that um uh, robert's got a request can we get a paintball walk and talk yeah that seems messy that seems like a problem i don't know how it just, does, just but we'll yeah, see. apparently you're you're like world you know world ranked <laughs> paintball so there's no chance of you getting hit I ucf mean, I, is ranked i am not uh, i mean you're an alum that counts yeah yeah all right everybody uh thanks it's been good being back with you uh, after having been off last week and then when you're off last week it means two weeks uh you know as the weeks move along we're going to be close to the nba draft which is amazing that we have something to talk about related to that with Taylor Hendricks. So we're going to be talking about that in the weeks ahead. I want to thank UCF Mike for the cameo, Joe Broback, and be sure and check out uh, at Joe Broback on Twitter and read his comprehensive guide. Start working on your Big 12 preview uh, knowledge. And uh, of course, Tyler Osick. Uh, we'll see if uh, this time next week we have a new baseball coach. Adam, I appreciate your help as always. Good seeing you. Good to be back. I am Trace Trelko. Go Knights, everyone. Charge on from maybe the best coach on campus. Hi, I'm Coach Bear, and thanks for watching the Sons of UCF. I think that is an easy best coach. I think she would kill people in paintball. I think that's (laughs) right in her will. Sports Social Podcast Network.